February 28th. And now, as we turn our attention to the reading of the New Testament, our narrative today will be from the book of Mark, chapter 9, verse 30, through chapter 10, verse 12. Here's what we'll be reading about today. Greatness out of service. This is a key passage in Mark's gospel because it emphasizes the importance of service. Do not aim for human greatness. Aim to be more like Jesus Christ. Do not measure yourself by other servants. Or measure yourself by Him. We'll also be reading about receiving gain out of loss. If you pamper sin in your life, you will lose your salty character and not be able to affect others for Christ. Deal drastically with sin as a surgeon does with a cancerous tumor. You gain by losing. It was Billy Sunday, the great evangelist of years gone by, who said one reason sin flourishes is that it is treated like a cream puff instead of a rattlesnake. How far can I go? The rabbis didn't agree on their interpretation of the divorce law, one school being lenient and the other strict. When you live by permission, you're tempted to follow those who tell you what you want to hear. Our Lord led the Pharisees back to God's original plan and interpreted it for them. Well, with that, let's begin our reading today, here in the New Testament. February 28th, Mark chapter 9, verse 30, through chapter 10, verse 12. Leaving that region, they, Jesus and his disciples, traveled through Galilee. Jesus tried to avoid all publicity in order to spend more time with his disciples and teach them. He said to them, The Son of Man is going to be betrayed. He will be killed. But three days later, he will rise from the dead. But they didn't understand what he was saying, and they were afraid to ask him what he meant. After they arrived at Capernaum, Jesus and his disciples settled in the house where they would be staying. Jesus asked them, What were you discussing out on the road? But they didn't answer, because they had been arguing about which of them was the greatest. He sat down and called the twelve disciples over to him. Then he said, Anyone who wants to be the first must take last place and be the servant of everyone else. Then he put a little child among them. Taking the child in his arms, he said to them, Anyone who welcomes a little child like this on my behalf welcomes me, and anyone who welcomes me welcomes my Father who sent me. John said to Jesus, Teacher, we saw a man using your name to cast out demons, but we told him to stop because he isn't one of our group. Don't stop him, Jesus said. No one who performs miracles in my name will soon be able to speak evil of me. Anyone who is not against us is for us. If anyone gives you even a cup of water because you belong to the Messiah, I assure you, that person will be rewarded. But if anyone causes one of these little ones who trusts in me to lose faith— it would be better for that person to be thrown into the sea with a large millstone 
tied around the neck. If your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better to enter heaven with only one hand than to go into the unquenchable fires of hell with two hands. If your foot causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better to enter heaven with only one foot than to be thrown into hell with two feet. And if your eye causes you to sin, gouge it out. It is better to enter the kingdom of God half-blind than to have two eyes and be thrown into hell, where the worm never dies and the fire never goes out. For everyone will be purified with fire. Salt is good for seasoning, but if it loses its flavor, how do you make it salty again? You must have the qualities of salt among yourselves and live in peace with each other. Then Jesus left Capernaum and went southward to the region of Judea and into the area east of the Jordan River. As always, there were crowds, and as usual, he taught them. Some Pharisees came and tried to trap him with this question. Should a man be allowed to divorce his wife? What did Moses say about divorce? Jesus asked them. Well, he permitted it, they replied. He said a man merely has to write his wife an official letter of divorce and send her away. But Jesus responded, He wrote those instructions only as a concession to your hard-hearted wickedness. But God's plan was seen from the beginning of creation, for He made them male and female. This explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. Since they are no longer two but one, let no one separate them, for God has joined them together. Later, when he was alone with his disciples in the house, they brought up the subject again. He told them, Whoever divorces his wife and marries someone else commits adultery against her. And if a woman divorces her husband and remarries, she commits adultery. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Transformation Radio. This is your host, Benjamin Roman, a.k.a. Eminem, the music maker, coming to you live from the Refuge Ministries. Today I have a very special individual joining me in the booth who is completing his 13-month commitment to discipleship training through God's Word and the Refuge Ministries. Allow me to introduce to you Matt Rock. Matt, congratulations. Job well done. Are you excited? Yeah, man, I am really excited. It's bittersweet, honestly. This ministry is, uh, has come and gone really fast, and, and honestly, I wish, uh, I wish I had more time on it. Wow, okay. Um, so where is God leading you from here? Uh, God's leading me to continue working at Thompson's Concrete, the place that I was employed at when I first started in second phase. And I've grown in a relationship with a lot of guys there and a lot of guys that uh, you know are now alumni. And uh, I'm planning on staying with them, living with them at a 614 house and, and growing in a relationship together while also continuing to, uh, to restore the relationships that I've had you know, while I was in the ministry. That's awesome. So I know you were a true servant when you were here, always uh, serving your brothers, you were always cutting their hair, a gift that uh, you told me God revealed to you while you were in the ministry. Tell me about that, and uh, what's that look like after the ministry? Yeah, man, I, I was in second phase, and uh, there was a brother in front of me, Jason Massey, who was always cutting guys' hair, and uh, 
spending time with guys, he just he was a true servant, dude, and I, I really envied that about him. And you know, I don't know how I picked it up, but one day I just found myself picking up some clippers and, and giving it a try. And God has definitely revealed that gift to me. And it was in the second phase library that one of my friends and I came up with the name Leviticus. And it's actually interesting. In the book of Leviticus, it talks about Levitical law being you should not shave the sides of your face or you should not trim the ends of your beard. And I just find that to be funny because beards have been a big part of uh, my ministry. But, you know, if God uh, if God opens the door, I'll continue doing that as long as he wants. Excellent. Uh, any last words of encouragement or advice for anyone involved in the ministry? John 15, 13 says, Greater love had no one to this, that he lay down his life for his friends. Guys, look around the room. God calls us to love him and to love one another. These guys are going to be with you for the rest of your life. Foster these relationships. Grow forever. I love you guys. When I was about 22 years old, I was driving home on the Dan Ryan Expressway when a car that was merging on I-57 hit my rear bumper, spun me out, I hit the median head-on, ended up facing oncoming traffic on the shoulder of the median. I was about 15 minutes from home at that point. I called my parents. They were the first ones I called. It was about 2 or 3 in the morning. I didn't get a chance to call the state police because a passerby had pulled over and called them, came to see if I was okay. Five minutes later, my dad shows up. Five minutes later, my dad shows up. I was 15 minutes from home. My dad comes pulling up on the shoulder. Just around the same time the police did. You know what that means? The moment he heard his son cry out to him, he was off. He drove about 80 miles an hour down 111th Street, drove through stop signs, through red lights. He then got onto the highway, drove 100 miles an hour past the accident to get off the highway, to get back on the highway, to come going my direction so he could be with me. He didn't care if he got pulled over on the way. Didn't care if he got any tickets. Didn't care if I hadn't cleaned my room that week or smarted off to him in a disagreement. Didn't care about my car. Didn't care about the time, his lack of sleep or work. He didn't scold me or yell at me or make me feel bad. He was just there. Because I'm his son. And in that moment, for him, nothing else mattered but me. And that's my earthly father, who's not perfect, none of us are, but that's what he did, being human, being a sinner, being evil. And the Bible says, if him being evil loved me like that, cared for me like that, provided for me like that, gave me grace, forgiveness, and comfort like that, how much more? Would our Heavenly Father, who is good, give to us? Psalm 44 
verses 1 through 8. The nation was facing a crisis, and it seemed that God had forsaken His people and was helping the enemy. Israel was a scattered people, shamed and scorned. What do you do when it looks like God is on the side of the enemy? Well, you remember what God did. This does not mean living in the past, but simply learning from the past. Your situation may be painful, but God has not changed. He can still work wonders and glorify His name. You trust in Him. If you trust your own resources, you will fail. Sometimes God allows defeat just to remind you that you must trust Him and Him alone. And something else you do when you think that uh, God is on the side of your enemy. You remain faithful to Him come what may. Remember Satan's lie about Job? Is yours a, a commercial faith? Are you faithful to God only because He does good things for you? God tests your faith to see if it's sincere. Trust Him, even though you may not fully understand what He is doing. Psalm 44, verses 1 through 8. For the choir director, a psalm of the descendants of Korah. O God, we have heard it with our own ears. Our ancestors have told us of all you did in other days, in days long ago. You drove out the pagan nations and gave all the land to our ancestors. You crushed their enemies, setting our ancestors free. They did not conquer the land with their swords. It was not their own strength that gave them victory. It was by your mighty power that they succeeded. It was because you favored them and smiled on them. You are my king and my God. You command victories for your people. Only by your power can we push back our enemies. Only in your name can we trample our foes. I do not trust my bow. I do not count on my sword to save me. It is you who gives us victory over our enemies. It is you who humbles those who hate us. O God, we give glory to you all day long and constantly praise your name. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 19. Don't talk too much, for it fosters sin. Be sensible and turn off the flow.